This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. Is the virtue of humility irrelevant in our current moral landscape? Keep listening to learn more about Richard Foster's new book, Learning Humility, A Year of Searching for a Vanishing Virtue. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Getting the word with truth table. Presented by Inner Varsity Press. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the word and may the word get in us. Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your word. Old Testament reading. Jeremiah chapter 16 verse 14 through Jeremiah chapter 19. Yet I, the Lord, say, a new time will certainly come. People now affirm their oaths with, I swear as surely as the Lord lives who delivered the people of Israel out of Egypt. But in that time, they will affirm them with, I swear as surely as the Lord lives who delivered the people of Israel from the land of the north and from all the other lands where he had banished them. At that time, I will bring them back to the land I gave their ancestors. But for now, I, the Lord, say, I will send many enemies who will catch these people like fishermen. After that, I will send others who will hunt them out like hunters from all the mountains, all the hills, and the crevices in the rocks. For I see everything they do. Their wicked ways are not hidden from me. Their sin is not hidden away where I cannot see it. Before I restore them, I will punish them in full for their sins and the wrongs they have done. For they have polluted my land with their lifeless statues of their disgusting idols. They have filled the land I have claimed as my own with their detestable idols. Then I said, Lord, you give me strength and protect me. You are the one I can run to for safety when I'm in trouble. Nations from all over the earth will come to you and say, Our ancestors had nothing but false gods, worthless idols that could not help them at all. Can people make their own gods? No, what they make are not gods at all. The Lord said, So I will now let this wicked people know. I will let them know my mighty power in judgment. They will know that my name is the Lord. Chapter 17 The sin of Judah is engraved with an iron chisel on their stone-hard hearts. It is inscribed with a diamond point on the horns of their altars. Their children are always thinking about their altars and their sacred poles dedicated to the goddess Asherah. 
set up beside the green trees on the high hills and on the mountains and in the fields. I will give your wealth and all your treasures away as plunder. I will give it away as the price for the sins you have committed throughout your land. You will lose your hold on the land that I gave to you as permanent possession. I will make you serve your enemies in a land that you know nothing about. For you have made my anger burn like a fire that will never be put out. Individuals are challenged to put their trust in the Lord. The Lord says, I will put a curse on people who trust in mere human beings, who depend on mere flesh and blood for their strength, and whose hearts have turned away from the Lord. They will be like a shrub in the arid rift valley. They will not experience good things even when they happen. It will be as though they were growing in the stony waste in the wilderness, in a salt land where no one can live. My blessing is on those who trust in me, who put their confidence in me. They will be like a tree planted near a stream whose roots spread out toward the water. It has nothing to fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no need to be concerned in a year of drought. It does not stop bearing fruit. The human mind is more deceitful than anything else. It is incurably bad. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, probe into people's minds. I examine people's hearts. I deal with each person according to how he has behaved. I give them what they deserve based on what they have done. The person who gathers wealth by unjust means is like the partridge that broods over eggs but does not hatch them. Before his life is half over, he will lose his ill-gotten gains. At the end of his life, it will be clear he was a fool. Jeremiah appeals to the Lord for vindication. Then I said, Lord, from the very beginning, you have been seated on your glorious throne on high. You are the place where we can find refuge. You are the one in whom Israel may find hope. All who leave you will suffer shame. Those who turn away from you will be consigned to the netherworld. For they have rejected you, the Lord, the fountain of life. Lord, grant me relief from my suffering, so that I may have some relief. Rescue me from those who persecute me, so that I may be rescued. For you give me reason to praise. Listen to what they are saying to me. Where are the things the Lord threatens us with? May it please happen. But I have not pestered you to bring disaster. I have not desired the time of irreparable devastation. You know that. You are fully aware of every word that I have spoken. Do not cause me dismay. You are my source of safety in times of trouble. May those who persecute me be disgraced. Do not let me be disgraced. May they be dismayed. Do not let me be dismayed. Bring days of disaster on them. Bring on them the destruction they deserve. Observance of the Sabbath day is a key to the future. The Lord told me, Go and stand in the people's gate, through which the kings of Judah enter and leave the city. Then go and stand in all the other gates of the city of Jerusalem. And then announce to them, Listen to the Lord's message, you kings of Judah, and everyone from Judah, and all you citizens of Jerusalem, those who pass through these gates. The Lord says, Be very careful if you value your lives. Do not carry any loads in through the gates of Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. Do not carry any loads out of your houses or do any work on the Sabbath day, but observe the Sabbath day as a day set apart to the Lord, as I commanded your ancestors. Your ancestors, however, did not listen to me or pay any attention to me. They stubbornly refused to pay attention or to respond to any discipline. The Lord says, You must make sure to obey me. 
You must not bring any loads through the gates of this city on the Sabbath day. You must set the Sabbath day apart to me. You must not do any work on that day. If you do this, then the kings and princes who follow in David's succession and ride in chariots or on horses will continue to enter through these gates, as well as their officials and the people of Judah and the citizens of Jerusalem. This city will always be filled with people. Then people will come here from the towns in Judah, from the villages surrounding Jerusalem, from the territory of Benjamin, from the foothills, from the southern hill country, and from the southern part of Judah. They will come bringing offerings to the temple of the Lord, burnt offerings, sacrifices, grain offerings, and incense, along with their think offerings. But you must obey me and set the Sabbath day apart to me. You must not carry any loads in through the gates of Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. If you disobey, I will set the gates of Jerusalem on fire. It will burn down all the fortified dwellings in Jerusalem, and no one will be able to put it out. Chapter 18 An Object Lesson from the Making of Pottery The Lord said to Jeremiah, Go down at once to the potter's house. I will speak to you further there. So I went down to the potter's house and found him working at his wheel. Now and then there would be something wrong with the pot he was molding from the clay with his hands. So he would rework the clay into another kind of pot as he saw fit. Then the Lord's message came to me. I, the Lord, say, O nation of Israel, can I not deal with you as this potter deals with the clay? In my hands, you, O nation of Israel, are just like the clay in this potter's hand. There are times, Jeremiah, when I threaten to uproot, tear down, and destroy a nation or kingdom. But if that nation I threaten stops doing wrong, I will cancel the destruction I intended to do to it. And there are times when I promise to build up and establish a nation or kingdom. But if that nation does what displeases me and does not obey me, then I will cancel the good I promised to do to it. So now tell the people of Judah and the citizens of Jerusalem this. The Lord says, I am preparing to bring disaster on you. I am making plans to punish you. So every one of you, stop the evil things you have been doing. Correct the way you have been living and do what is right. But they just keep saying, we do not care what you say. We will do whatever we want to do. We will continue to behave wickedly and stubbornly. Therefore, the Lord says, ask the people of other nations whether they have heard of anything like this. Israel should have been like a virgin, but she has done something utterly revolting. Does the snow ever completely vanish from the rocky slopes of Lebanon? Do the cool waters from those distant mountains ever cease to flow? Yet my people have forgotten me and offered sacrifices to worthless idols. This makes them stumble along in the way they live and leave the old reliable path of their fathers. They have left them to walk in bypaths, in roads that are not smooth and level. So their land will become an object of horror. People will forever hiss out their scorn over it. All who pass that way will be filled with horror and will shake their heads in derision. I will scatter them before their enemies like dust blowing in front of a burning east wind. I will turn my back on them and not look favorably on them when disaster strikes them. Jeremiah petitions the Lord to punish those who attack him. Then some people said, Come on, let us consider how to deal with Jeremiah. There will still be priests to instruct us, wise men to give us advice, and prophets to declare God's word. Come on, let's bring charges against him and get rid of him. Then we will not need to pay attention to anything he says. Then I said, Lord, pay attention to me. 
Listen to what my enemies are saying. Should good be paid back with evil? Yet they are virtually digging a pit to kill me. Just remember how I stood before you pleading on their behalf to keep you from venting your anger on them. So let their children die of starvation. Let them be cut down by the sword. Let their wives lose their husbands and children. Let the older men die of disease and the younger men die by the sword in battle. Let cries of terror be heard in their houses when you send bands of raiders unexpectedly to plunder them. For they have virtually dug a pit to capture me and have hidden traps for me to step into. But you, Lord, know all their plots to kill me. Do not pardon their crimes. Do not ignore their sins as though you had erased them. Let them be brought down in defeat before you. Deal with them while you are still angry. Chapter 19 An Object Lesson from a Broken Clay Jar The Lord told Jeremiah, Go and buy a clay jar from a potter. Take with you some of the leaders of the people and some of the leaders of the priests. Go out to the part of the Hinnom Valley that is near the entrance of the potsherd gate. Announce there what I tell you. Say, Listen to the Lord's message. You kings of Judah and citizens of Jerusalem, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, has said. Look here, I am about to bring disaster on this place that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it ring. I will do so because these people have rejected me and have defiled this place. They have offered sacrifices in it to other gods that neither they nor their ancestors nor the kings of Judah knew anything about. They have filled it with the blood of innocent children. They have built places here for worship of the god Baal, so that they could sacrifice their children as burnt offerings to him in the fire. Such sacrifices are something I never commanded them to make. They are something I never told them to do. Indeed, such a thing never even entered my mind. So I, the Lord, say, the time will soon come that people will no longer call this place Topeth or the Hinnom Valley but they will call this place the Valley of Slaughter. In this place, I will thwart the plans of the people of Judah and Jerusalem. I will deliver them over to the power of their enemies who are seeking to kill them. They will die by the sword at the hands of their enemies. I will make their dead bodies food for the birds and wild beasts to eat. I will make this city an object of horror, a thing to be hissed at. All who pass by it will be filled with horror and will hiss out their scorn because of all the disasters that have happened to it. I will reduce the people of this city to desperate straits during the siege imposed on it by their enemies who are seeking to kill them. I will make them so desperate that they will eat the flesh of their own sons and daughters and the flesh of one another. The Lord continued, Now break the jar in front of those who have come here with you. Tell them the Lord of heaven's army says, I will do just as Jeremiah has done. I will smash this nation and this city as though it were a potter's vessel that is broken beyond repair. The dead will be buried here in Topeth until there is no more room to bury them. I, the Lord, say, that is how I will deal with this city and its citizens. I will make it like Topeth. The houses in Jerusalem and the houses of the kings of Judah will be defiled by dead bodies just like this place, Topeth. For they offered sacrifice to the stars and poured out drink offerings to other gods on the roofs of those houses. Then Jeremiah left Topeth, where the Lord had sent him to give that prophecy. He went to the Lord's temple and stood in its courtyard and called out to all the people. The Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says, I will bring on this city and all the towns surrounding it all the disaster I threatened to do to it. 
I will do so because they have stubbornly refused to pay any attention to what I have said. New Testament reading. Acts chapter 5. The judgment of Ananias and Sapphira. Now a man named Ananias, together with Sapphira, his wife, sold a piece of property. He kept back for himself part of the proceeds with his wife's knowledge. He brought only part of it and placed it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back for yourself part of the proceeds from the sale of the land? Before it was sold, did it not belong to you? And when it was sold, was the money not at your disposal? How have you thought up this deed in your heart? You have not lied to people, but to God. When Ananias heard these words, he collapsed and died, and great fear gripped all who heard about it. So the young men came, wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, and she did not know what had happened. Peter said to her, Tell me, were the two of you paid this amount for the land? Sapphira said, Yes, that much. Peter then told her, Why have you agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. At once she collapsed at his feet and died. So when the young men came in, they found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear gripped the whole church and all who heard about these things. The apostles performed miraculous signs and wonders. Now many miraculous signs and wonders came about among the people through the hands of the apostles. By common consent, they were all meeting together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared to join them, but the people held them in high honor. More and more believers in the Lord were added to their number, crowds of both men and women. Thus they even carried the sick out into the streets and put them on cots and pallets so that when Peter came by, at least his shadow would fall on some of them. A crowd of people from the towns around Jerusalem also came together, bringing the sick and those troubled by unclean spirits. They were all being healed. Further trouble for the apostles. Now the high priest rose up, and all those with him, that is, the religious party of the Sadducees, and they were filled with jealousy. They laid hands on the apostles and put them in a public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the prison, led them out, and said, Go and stand in the temple courts and proclaim to the people all the words of this life. When they heard this, they entered the temple courts at daybreak and began teaching. Now when the high priest and those who were with him arrived, they summoned the Sanhedrin, that is, the whole high council of the Israelites, and sent to the jail to have the apostles brought before them. But the officers who came for them did not find them in prison, so they returned and reported. We found the jail locked securely and the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now when the commander of the temple guard and the chief priests heard this report, they were greatly puzzled concerning it, wondering what this could be. But someone came and reported to them, Look, the men you put in prison are standing in the temple courts and teaching the people. Then the commander of the temple guard went with the officers and brought the apostles without the use of force, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. When they had brought them, they stood them before the council, and the high priest questioned them, saying, We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name. Look, you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood on us. 
But Peter and the apostles replied, We must obey God rather than people. The God of our forefathers raised up Jesus, whom you seized and killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him to his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses of these events. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Now when they heard this, they became furious and wanted to execute them. But a Pharisee whose name was Gamaliel, a teacher of the law who was respected by all the people, stood up in the council and ordered the men to be put outside for a short time. Then he said to the council, Men of Israel, pay close attention to what you are about to do to these men. For some time ago, Theotis rose up, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men joined him. He was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed, and nothing came of it. After him, Judas, the Galilean, arose in the days of the census and incited people to follow him in a revolt. He too was killed, and all who followed him were scattered. So in this case, I say to you, stay away from these men and leave them alone, because if this plan or this undertaking originates with people, it will come to nothing. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop them, or you may be found fighting against God. He convinced them, and they summoned the apostles and had them beaten. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and release them. So they left the council rejoicing because they had been considered worthy to suffer dishonor for the sake of the name. And every day, both in the temple courts and from house to house, they did not stop teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus was the Christ. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Holy and just God, we thank you, Lord, for your word today. We thank you, O God, for even the ways in which Scripture sobers us. It surprises us. It shocks us, O God. We are mindful, O Lord, of your long-suffering patience, of the way in which you have demonstrated great and holy forbearance towards your people, God. It is beyond our comprehension. And yet we must confess that when we see, Lord, this reckoning take place, these words of the prophet Jeremiah to the people, this call to repent, this call to run away from these idols that deceive and lie, and these idols that cause us, even now, to be formed into people who are unjust and cruel and unloving. Oh God, you call us to love you because in loving you, we become the best of who we are called to be. And in loving you, we become people who are just we become people who are indeed set apart. We become people who are humble and kind and generous, O oh God. But yet when we raise up idols, gods that we have made by our own hands, gods that we have made to manipulate others, gods that we have made in order to ignore you and your word and your teaching, we become the worst parts of ourselves. And those very worst parts of ourselves harm and injure our neighbors, O oh God. And so when you tell us that judgment will come, it is not because you aren't loving. It is because you are loving. Your judgment for those who disobey you is on the agenda of your justice and your love. 
And God, we reflect even in the New Testament passages of those who would attempt to lie to the Holy Spirit and to hoard resources unto themselves. Those who would attempt to deceive the thrice holy God through the questions of the apostles, O God. And yet we find ourselves living this way, being dishonest. We pray, O God, that when we are asked questions, we would tell the truth. And we pray, O God, that we would we would render over that which we are inclined to give in generosity. For we know they did not have to give all that they had, but yet they presented as if they did. God, teach us to be honest people. Teach us to have integrity for your name's sake. Teach us, O God, to live just lives, to give an account of our resources, gained in ways at times that are a reflection of our privilege in society, that are a reflection of wrongdoing, O God. We pray, O God, that you would make us honest people and truly generous. And we pray, O God, that while we may not fully understand the strength, the weight, the power, the consequences of your judgment, we may even find ourselves at a place of being shaken by it. We may even find ourselves in honesty being at a place of attempting to judge the swiftness, the severity, the breadth, and the depth of your judgment, O God. Yet we are reminded that you alone are the thrice holy God, and you have been nothing but gracious (laughs) towards us as you have forgiven our sins and you have taken the consequences of our sin and shame and placed it on the back of Jesus. What kindness, what grace, what mercy, what forgiveness, what compassion. We thank you, O Lord, for this reality. We thank you, O Lord, for this truth, this truth that keeps us, that sustains us, that makes us whole, O God. And we pray, O Lord, that we would live in this way, that we, O God, would not be suffering at the hands of judgment because of disobedience, but that if we are to suffer in this life, let us suffer for the name of Christ. As we see in the lives of the apostles in these passages, O God, if we are to suffer, let it not be because we made these empty idols that mock us, that turn us into cruel people, that allow us to feel entitled to greed and injustice. But instead, if we are to suffer, and we know that in this life we do, let us suffer for your name. Let us suffer on the agenda of holiness and love and justice, O God. Let us suffer for the things of God. Lord God, we thank you. We thank you, O Lord, that we can come to you fully as who we are, telling the whole truth and reaching out and grabbing a hold of the grace that you continually extend to us from generation to generation to generation. Help us, O God, in this generation, in this season, to not mock your word, to not turn away, to not resent your call to holiness, but instead to tell the truth on ourselves and to live for you. And if we suffer and when we suffer, let us suffer for your name. It is in Christ that we pray. Amen and amen. Not only is humility vanishing from contemporary culture, but we're also witnessing how destructive a lack of humility has become among our churches and ministry leaders. And yet, author Richard Foster insists that humility is central to the journey towards spiritual transformation. For this reason, he decided to spend a year studying the virtue of humility, using the Lakota calendar as a framework, learning humility, 
provides us with a look into the insights Foster gathered from sources ranging from Native American culture to Julian of Norwich to scripture to personal friends. Learning Humility offers profound insight into what humility can look like in our current cultural climate. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code, the word. That's code T-H-E-W-O-R-D at ivypress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth's Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag get in the word and hashtag Truth's Table. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee. Let's go, so I'm